0: If you were not here last Sabbath and heard the first part, it's online. So please, if you did not pick that up, this is a two-part series that you're going to want to follow. Actually, a part of it continues on next week, but in a different way, because I have something to give you next week. You'll be excited. Be sure you're here. Free stuff. So you might as well show up. Last week, we looked at the anguish that poor Esau went through when he realized he did not get the blessing, Genesis 27. And that story was a horrible experience that he went through that put and changed their family unit forever because of the deceit that went forward, not only once but several times in which it happened. Last week we talked about the blessing, that the Old Testament blessing of giving the parent to the child and how important that blessing was. We looked at five elements that are needed in the blessing, and I'm encouraging you to give your blessing to your children. I'm encouraging that process of happening, even though they are grown adults. It's still time to give the blessing and to have that given to them. On the background table is a sheet called the blessing, and it has those five elements on it. If you need help in creating and working on that, I'm happy to talk with you about it, how to make that blessing work, how it works and happen. But today, I want to talk about with you the second part of the blessing is what do you do when the blessing has been withheld? What part? What happens with that? Let's go back to Genesis. I would like for us to pick up in chapter 37 this time. Genesis chapter 7. We're going to go and look at the next generation. And how it happens. So this is moving on from uh, from going from uh, down to Jacob, who also had the name was given to him of Israel. So Jacob's family. Now he goes on. And we're going to look right there in chapter 37 of Genesis as we go forward. This is the account of Jacob's family line, it says. And he goes on to say, Joseph, a young man of 17... Was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Beah and of Zilpha, and his father's wives, and he brought their and he brought their father a bad report about them. What? Who did that? Joseph. He Joseph brought to their father Jacob a bad report about his older brothers. Way to make yourself really unpopular. <laughs> He tattletaled. Want to tell him, I went, go tell your daddy, went to your what you've been doing out here, and blah, 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 blah. I remember my sister would do that to me, my younger sister, she would go, and I then realized I gotta stop this. We can't, we can't have my sister going tattling on me all the time. So I fooled her for a while. And I would say, Well, Becky, okay, yes, let's go. Let's go tell mother the whole story. Everything, let's tell her everything. And then she'd get frightened that something was happening. I would say something that would harm her, and she 'd quit It worked great for a while. so they're very to make yourself a very unpopular and now Israel or Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. Do you see that? He loved Joseph more than any of his other sons there, and he made for him an ornate coat, or a coat as we know it, of many colors. Jacob made a coat for his son Joseph, not for anybody else. Do you happen to see a problem here? Would you say there's a serious problem? As a parent, as a, as having siblings, if that happened in my family, and they just gave it to one child, there would be a serious problem. And so his brothers, saw that their father, Jacob, loved Joseph. I'm adding that in there because that's what he's talking about. Loved Joseph more than any of them. And they hated Joseph and could not speak a kind word to him. You see, they hated Joseph because of the partiality of the father. So they're reacting to the father and what the father is doing, and his love for Joseph, bypassing all of them, elevating them up, and it created a serious problem. Wouldn't we say that this family was a little dysfunctional? You know about dysfunction? doesn't work. Something's going on in the family. Now, there can be reasons why a family is in dysfunction. For example, you may have in your family have someone who's mentally ill or someone who has been seriously abused or other things that cause family dynamics to change. And it can be very rough. It can be a tough experience with that, having that within the family. So there, there are reasons that that happened. However, however, if the elements of the blessing only fall on one child serious problems can develop for each of the other children in the family and all of them actually if it only falls on one one child and that's what happened that's what happened to Joseph who was loved by Jacob and the brothers sensed that and knew that because he gave him the silly coat he was loved by them So, anger, resentment, and insecurity are often emotions children carry who did not get the blessing, who did not get that. Thinking in your own life, you may have grown up without the blessing. You didn't get the affirmation and love and affection from your parents. Or you may have gone through a divorce as a child and had that experience of things being ripped apart. And you wondered if you're at fault or other dynamics took place in your family. Other losses. You see, What happens to children when they don't get the blessing? I'd like to give you six things that happens to children when they don't get the blessing. This isn't in every case, but we, we can find certain trends that take place. The first one happens is they become seekers. Now, a seeker is someone who searches for intimacy, but seldom is allowed and finds it to tolerate, It can't have it. They are They become isolated, they become distant from people, and yet they still are reaching out trying to find it. You see they become seekers looking for it, and yet they don 't really accept it, and so it becomes a blockage within their life seekers. the second one is those are we would call the smotherers. They go around and they smother others with their own unmet needs they need to have that need to have and so they're constantly reaching out for others and they smother their relationship they get into something with someone else they get into a relationship could be a love relationship or a friendship relationship and and they'll log on and they'll they'll grab on and they'll pull that person so close that the person says I can't breathe give me some space here and they can't have it because they didn't get it as children number three the angry. Now, this is, this is something interesting about anger, and that is that when, tragically, anger chains each other together. Now, we think of love. Love can chain us together, can't it? We can love each other, we can bond, but so can anger. And so that anger changes, uh, chains us, combines us, grabs us, holds us with someone else, and we can't get free. And so the anger just circles around and round and round and round and keeps us bound in there where we constantly live in a state of anger. Number 4. The detached. Once burned, twice shy. Once burned, twice shy. And so they had an experience where they were rejected and so they never reach out and trust anyone anymore. So they continue to be Detached. Detached. Number five, the driven. The driven that creates extreme perfectionists and workaholics. They try to earn the blessing somehow. They're detached. I mean, detached. They are driven. They're driven to do something. And so they become very perfect, very perfect in everything. Try to do everything that's absolutely perfect and go that way and become workaholics because they are so driven. Somehow I want to approve, get approval. I was reading about a woman who was a very well-renowned pediatrician and she had written many articles and uh, on pediatric medicine and she was well-respected in her physician's community and in the um, Among the American Medical Association, but when they talked with her about it, she says I feel like a total failure Why do you feel like a total failure? She said "Because I work and I work and I work and I do all these things and so forth But I just feel like I can't there she was driven But the problem was she didn't have the blessing and so she was looking in her work getting her degrees, doing all these articles, doing everything to try to get enough approval to take care of it. What she missed was the parental blessing that she did not get. And therefore, she was leeching out to other things to try to get it. And she could not get it because it wasn't the right source. Number six, the seduced. And the seduced are looking for love in all the wrong places. And so they get into crazy relationships with people, trying to find that someone who will love them, someone who will care about them. And so all barriers are down, all common sense is down, because this person loves me. And they go from place to place to place, around, looking for love in all the wrong places, and it's very painful for them, very painful to have them. Here's a picture of my family. Uh, we're, a little, we're a little dysfunctional. <laughs> Isn't that great? Look at that. Is your family like that? I think you know we we all have odd spots and everything. Our crazy family. Uh, so I so thought there we are all eating there together. So how do we live when we haven't received the blessing? How do we live to make that work? What is the process that we will make that make that go? How are we going to live if you never got the blessing? How are you going to go on? There are ways you can go. First step. The first step is you need to be honest with yourself. Honest with yourself. And what I'm talking about is that you're honest to say, I'm hurting. I have a hole here. I didn't get the blessing. I'm living with anger. I'm detached. I have difficulty in relationships. I have those things that are happening to me. And so I need to be honest with myself and say, that's what's going on. And when you take that first step, that you can find out that you're being honest with yourself, then you can find a way to move forward. But as long as you're not honest with yourself and be able to face it and say, this is the issue here, then you can't move on and you're stuck. Look at John chapter 8, Jesus' words as he's spoken to us. John had this to say and he said in John chapter 8, he said, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, Jesus said, you are really my disciples. Next verse 32, he said, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will do what? It will set you free. Truth setting you free. Well, how does truth set us free? How does truth make it available to us? The reason is that truth, the truth about it, Jesus said, is talking to it, what he's referring to about, it, is knowing him in all his purity, knowing Christ in all his purity and knowing who he is. So Jesus offers to us no cover-ups. He doesn't look past and say, you're not a sinner after all. I made a mistake. He says, I know your sins. I know what you're about. I love you anyway. I love you anyway. So there's no denial in Jesus that there is a problem when there really is one. He says, I know that there is a problem. You have a sin problem, or you have an relationship problem or you or have different issues that are happening within your life and so therefore because of that we will move on and so what happens is when we know the truth about it we are no longer walking in darkness and facing the truth can truly be freeing truly be freeing as an adopted child i found my birth family when i was 36 years of age and finding my birth family and finding out the real story about what had happened where, how come I was adopted at birth, how that happened, it became very freeing to me to find out what I was about. No longer any mystery. For the truth freed me. You see? Faced it. But also when I found the truth about it, I needed to learn that there were some things in my life that I needed to address, that I was hiding behind. Because I'm adopted, I'm hiding behind it. And so I had to address those issues in my life as well. And I found that when I addressed them also to be freeing. The truth shall set you free. But here's the honest part about it. It is extremely important to be honest about your own feelings when you missed the blessing. Did you get that? It's extremely important. Extremely important. If you miss the blessing... If you've been living with that, then it's time to address that in your life, and you will be better afterward. To be honest, truthful about it. Seek to understand, number two, is seek to understand your parents' background. Seek to understand your parents' background. Now, in the vast majority of cases, parents who do not give the blessing, never got one themselves. Now, in understanding my adoptive mother, who I love dearly, and a wonderful woman, but my adoptive mother was someone who was not very affectionate. She was someone who was uh, distant. And when I became an adult and began to understand some of these things about the blessing and about what happens, I look back into her life. She lost her mother when she was four years of age. Her mother died. And so for a long time, until she was 12, she was without a mother. She was passed from dither to toast and all around, going all around here, there, and everywhere. And raised by a father who was trying to keep his uh, four children together and making that happen. And, and that whole journey that, that my grandfather went through and it happened, it affected her. It affected her life. So therefore, it affected us. So I could be critical of my parents and that does not help to sit there and jam at them and pick at them but to understand them and to understand what happened. My father on his side of the deal, my father's um, and my grandpa and grandmother on his side divorced when he was two so he grew up without a father in his home. Learned that his father was a terrible man which he wasn't. He was a great man. Wonderful Christian man. But that affects all of us, how that happened. It's the world in which we live. So understanding, understanding can be a great thing of what your parents went through. Not to judge them poorly, but to understand what happened. Because in understanding, the truth shall set you free. You see? Number three, understand that even a curse... Can be turned into a blessing. That even a curse can be turned into a blessing. Cursing divided in the Bill is not taking the name of Aim. Cursing in the other was the way you devaluate someone. You lightly esteem them. And that's exactly what um, Joseph's brothers assumed by his, by Jacob giving him the coat, that they did not get a coat. And so they were devalued as they weren't as important, and they knew that they were not as important. And so they took that and they are therefore received without words but by actions a curse from their old testament type of concept of curse. And so they had difficulty in shaping that. Do you know the story of Balaam? So Balaam Balaam was a prophet of God and he was asked to come and curse Israel. Are you familiar with the story in November 22 uh Numbers 22? So he was asked to go and curse curse him. So he's he's on his way, he's on his donkey, he's going to get paid for this to curse Israel. What a great guy this uh, Balaam was. So he's on his way, and if you know the story about uh, the angel stood in the way to block him, and the, uh, <laughs> and the donkey wouldn't go forward, and, and the donkey saw the angel, but uh, Balaam didn't. So Balaam's beating at him and try, cursing him and trying to get him to go forward because he has business to go, and he didn't understand that there was an angel standing there. Uh, to get that, the angel could have killed him. That the grace of God is sufficient. And so he's he's there. He doesn't understand. And finally, the donkey speaks to him. Talks with him. Incredible. And when he goes, what happens? He was to give a cursing. And what happened? The Lord would only let him give a blessing. Blessing to So in Deuteronomy 23, we have this passage. And I'd like you to look at it carefully. However, the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam. But turn the curse into a blessing for you. Because why? Because the Lord your God loves you. Speaking of Israel. Let's modify this a little bit. However, the Lord your God would not listen to whoever cursed you. He would not listen to them. And he's going to turn that cursing into a blessing for you. Why? Because he loves you. That's why. He turns it because he loves you. He doesn't want to live, have you live under a curse, to be devalued, to be loathed. He's picking you up. You see, accepting God's spiritual blessing for you, he makes you part of that. He lifts you up. He gives you his blessing. So all of us, in a sense, all of us, in reality, become his children. You become his child. You find your reality. Do you know this man? Who this man is? If you said, uh, if you said Prince Charles of Wales, the correct title, we give you extra points for that today. Prince Charles. Okay, so Prince Charles. What's he going to be when Queen Elizabeth dies? He will be the King of England. That's where he's in line for the throne. Now, did he get that by his brilliant military service? No. How about his education? No. How about his wit? How about that he's really a bright guy and everybody thinks he would make a great king? What is the reason why he will be the king of England? Because he was born in the right spot. He happened to be... Your her first son. That's it. That's his qualifications. Doesn't matter if he's stupid or bright. Doesn't matter if he went to school or not. Doesn't matter his rank. Matters nothing because he will be the king simply because he is born there. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid for your sins, and by accepting him, you are grafted in to be his Adopted child. And therefore, you are there by your inheritant right through him. Just like Charles, you you didn't deserve it. (laughs) Doesn't matter your degrees, doesn't matter what happened, you're there. If you want to test yourself, you go into a bathroom that has no lights in it and you turn out all the lights. Now, you can't see yourself in the mirror, you can't see anything. That's what God sees. He doesn't look at your outward appearance. He doesn't look at your degrees on the wall. He doesn't care what car you drive. He doesn't look at your bank account. He looks at you there in that darkness because he loves you. You see? Number four. Number four is at home with God's family blessing. At home with God's family blessing. In John chapter 10, Jesus said several things. we are looking at this real quickly. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they will follow me. My sheep know my voice. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand, Jesus says. Matthew 28, just before he And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus' mission that he gave us, he started his ministry, and he laid it out, and you can read it in Luke 4. He was quoting from uh, Isaiah when he said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me... He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery to the sight of the blind to set the oppressed or hurting hearts free, those who are held back because they didn't get the blessing, to proclaim of the years of the Lord's favor. In Christ we gain a spiritual family. I was mentioning to some I was in Kenya, Africa, and we went to help build a church. No running water, no electricity. And we pulled up to this little church, which is no more than rocks and a tin roof and Most of the people sat on rocks. It was terribly uncomfortable for them to go to church. Church was jammed. Little church. 100 people or so, 150 people. Went inside, and I immediately was at home with my spiritual family. My brothers and sisters who I had never seen before, didn't know any of their names, were there gathered in God's house on Sabbath morning and they accepted me and our crew that came as brothers and sisters in Christ it was a moving moment for me I've had that in several different parts of the world where I knew no one and yet I was accepted in the household of faith I wish we could always say that happened at every place I wish we could do that. We're human, but there's there's a place that the church needs to provide to provide spiritual refuge and help. First Timothy five. Paul went on and wrote to young Timothy, and he said, "Do not rebuke an old man harshly, an old man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your what father. Treat young men as brothers." Older women as mothers, younger women as sisters with absolute purity. I put the emphasis there, italics in there myself. So there is a statement from Paul. When I grew up we, uh, in the church, we would call one another, my parents would say brother, brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so or you know, mother. We've kind of gotten away with that because we don't realize that it's scriptural. That's why they were doing it. It was a scriptural call. To say brother or sister. Meaning that in the household of faith, those who have come to accept Christ, everyone is part of the family, and therefore they are my brother and my sister. Everyone there. So, how are we to live then as we go on within the church family? You can find healing among relationships here within the church family. There are people here who have been through your experience or something similar who can help you. There are people here who have been on the road a long time. They can help you. By building friendships and relationships, you can find healing in God's house. By coming closer to Christ, you can find the great truth, he said, and the truth will set you free. So, I'm asking you on your journey to be incredibly, incredibly careful. Now, here's what I would like to suggest to you if you are a parent, children, that you find a way, learn how to give the blessing. It is incredibly important. Not only giving the blessing every day, but to give the blessing as a great event in their life. As I mentioned last week, I did that with my children. And now we're doing it with my grandchildren. When they graduated from high school, that graduation weekend is when they get the blessing. Because they're entering an adult world. They're leaving childhood and they're going into adult world. If you need help with that, I can help you and formulate how to make that effective and do it. But we presented it as a letter from us, sealed to them, shared with them, only with them, not with the rest of the family. It was just for them. It was their special thing. And we gave them a gift. We let them know how much they were loved, how much they were appreciated, what great value they are, and the great future that they were, and our commitment to help them get there. If you have not been blessed, you've never received the blessing, then now take this opportunity to start making your journey. To get over that and past that so you can be well and healed. So you don't carry that pain, that anger, that resentment with you any longer. Isn't it time to lay it down? Some of you have been abused. And there are all kinds of ways people abuse one another. Physically, emotionally, other ways. Some of you have been that. It's time to move beyond that as well. Because it holds us captive. Jesus wants us to be free to be well and to be whole so take those steps start your journey get well get healed and the last point is the church family to all of us in the church family let us be sensitive to those who are on that journey, who are hurting and are in need. They did not walk your pathway and you haven't walked theirs, but being sensitive to them that God has called them in there in their process of healing and recovery. Help them. Be a loving, open, caring with them. So today, I ask that we be blessed. Be blessed by the great grace of Christ. Dear Father, I thank you for these stories of the Old Testament. What a dysfunctional family. You gave us those so we could learn from them and not repeat them, but we repeat them. But Father, help us to be a blessing to others. Help us as we go forward to give you the authority and the power to come into our lives, to transform us, to be whole again, to help us to get past the pain of the past and to live in joy, to turn our cursings that we have received into blessings, that we may bless others as well as our have the blessing ourselves. Father, we need your power and your authority with that.